Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in misnomer. Yay. <laughs> I love that word, misnomer. Misnomer is a great it's word. It's a pleasant looking word. Mm-hmm. It's just, I like it. Anyway, hi. I'm and misnomer is even better. Right. Except I really don't like gnomes now that I'm thinking about it. Gnomes? You don't like gnomes? Out. Ew. I feel Ew. Like, ew. <laughs> I feel like maybe I saw like a movie with creepy gnomes in it once. Trolls. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. I don't know. Why trolls I... the horror movie, not Trolls the... Right. Yeah, yeah. But why do I... I really don't like gnomes. I struggle with gnomes. What kind of person has a gnome? I mean, that I agree with. Okay. I'm not pro gnome, gnome. Okay. but I don't have a problem with them. Okay. I didn't plan on talking about gnomes today. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Summer, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that <laughs> this is my favorite compliment. <laughs> okay, I can get through this. <clears throat> if you were a original Greek text of the Bible, you would be the critical text and not the textus receptus. Oh, wow. <laughs> I also love that compliment, yeah. and it's so complimentary. It's so complimentary. I think it's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. It just upset all the TR people. <laughs> have a little fun, you know. When are we not upsetting someone? <laughs> That's all I have to say. Right, right, right. Um, but you are right. I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And Summer, you are like rain on a sunny day. <laughs> You went there. I didn't say you were like sun on a rainy day. I said oh. you were like rain on rain. a sunny day. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys. Hold on. This is bad. Oh, are they missing music? No. Now we have it. Not anymore? No. I got you guys the hookup. Okay. Um. So I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's not. It's just that my compliment was better. Because <laughs> it was the best compliment. Wow. I know. So really, it was a compliment to yourself. <laughs> I'm You're so like, good. Look at how good compliments, compliments I am. <laughs> okay, I have two. Two. Rain is good in Arizona, by the way. Yes. Yes. Everyone is. who's listening from somewhere else. Not good to drive in the rain in Arizona because no one knows how to drive in right. the rain in Arizona. But yeah. Anyway, we have two housekeeping things. And um, number one, um, I I don't know that I've told you guys that I have a new last name, <laughs> and. Now I'm getting a lot of questions about it, so I do have a new last name. Right. And it's Jaeger, mm-hmm. spelled with a J, like Jaegers from um, Pacific Rim. Are you putting the her in Jaeger? <laughs> My life is now one of those. Yes. Right. Yes, I am. Yeah, I got married. Also, the summer. <laughs> I have double hers. <laughs> That is so, I'm just on That's a roll very today. That's exciting. It is. Yeah. Um, it's not Jaeger. It's Jaeger. And yeah, I'm married. I don't know. People were like, 
What? Why did There's you- generally only a few ways that your last name changes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's one of those. So I'm in one of those awkward places where um, I'm wondering if I need to like, at least like on social media or something, be Summer White Jaeger, just simply for the fact that I'm really tired of, um, wait, are you Summer White or wait, who are you? <laughs> um, that question. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. It'll really, <laughs> excuse me, Carrie Job. I'm trying to talk. Um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what I decide to go with. But yeah, now you guys know. It's official. It's official. It's beneficial. Right. It's beneficial to mm. me. <laughs> anyway. You heard it here. Dad jokes on Sheila. Legends. I love dad jokes. They're the best. They really are the best. Right. So the other housekeeping thing is super fun. Um, you guys didn't ask for it, but we have it. We now have a voicemail. So if you guys want to call us and leave us your thinky thoughts, you can. This can be an al- alternative to messaging us or emailing us. And yeah. Because we do like voice messages on Facebook. Right. But we're not friends with everybody or. Right. And I think I m- don't know. mostly what the voicemail will be is for questions you might want answered on the show, maybe. Yeah. Because I know a lot of people email or message more about like personal things um, that they want like an answer to. So maybe. They don't want it talked about on the show, right. which is fine. Um, or it could just be for whatever you guys want to say. Show suggestions. Hey girl, hey. Sup. Whatever you want. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the phone number is 470. That's 470-465-0475. And I'll, we'll say it again at the end of the show. I feel like. We I, can also put it somewhere. Yeah. Right? We'll post it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. You guys won't miss it. You won't I miss promise. the number. 470-465-0475. Anyway, that's housekeeping. That's um, it. I have one more thing. Oh, ooh, okay. There's someone that I'm supposed to say hello to oh, on you, this episode. Who are you saying hello to? Hi, Robin. No. Robin Kathleen? Yeah. I love me some Robin Kathleen. Um, this song's for her. Oh. It's an instrumental version, okay? It's a knockoff. Don't look at me like she that. She could probably sing to it. She has an amazing voice. Anyway, oh, I didn't Summer, know I love you. She's been binging Sheologians, and she told me that she feels like we hang out every day, and I love that because um, we don't get to hang out every day because we're both busy people. Yeah, I feel that. Woof. I feel the busy. Yeah. Like, uh, and she... Hmm. She's a doctor. So right, like she's right. like busy. That's another level of yeah. busy. Like we like to think we're busy. Yeah. And we are, but she's doctor busy. <laughs> right. That's a different busy, you guys. Right. Just so you know. I have a new If it were the eighties, she would have a pager. <laughs> I think. Right. I don't know. And voicemail's a little eighties. <laughs> but I think it'll be fun. It's so a throwback. Whatever, you guys. So hipster. Yeah. Whatever. What was I just about to tell you? I'm so tired. I have a newfound respect for people who travel a lot. Oh, yeah. And for speakers, you'd think, um, because I grew up with someone who traveled and spoke a lot, and I traveled with him while he was speaking, um, but doing it this past week just really... I remember when I got back to my hotel room after I got done speaking, I remember thinking, I'm... I feel tired like I did after I had a newborn baby. 
<laughs> I was newborn baby tired. I mean, it was like next level. The jet lag. I feel like newborn baby tired and doctor tired are probably similar. Pretty similar. Yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing quite as awful as newborn baby tired. And I remember standing in my hotel room, not quite sure where I was or what my name was for a minute. And I was like, this is newborn baby tired. It's really bad. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, hey, we have an interesting show for you guys today. It's really great. I think many of you will appreciate it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, do you want to introduce our topic? Sure. Yeah, this was Joy's brainchild. Today, um, we're going to give you some of the top benefits of being a believer without a believing worldview. Mm. So a believer with essentially with an unbelieving, unbelieving worldview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The top benefits, because there are some really, really great things about it. Oh, yeah. Fun things, really. So I'm going to start. Okay. Um, I would say the number one reason would be that everyone will like you. Mm. And you'll never have to say anything controversial mm, mm-hmm. or hard to hear you or can anything go with the like flow, that really right because being a believer is pretty punk rock in terms of its like rebellion to the culture right so the opposite of that is like being the pink chicks on mean girls right everyone will like you yeah and that's the goal and you can just be so neutral mm-hmm not really be passionate about anything. Uh-huh. I like it. It's great. It is great. It's a huge benefit. It's yeah. good for your skin. <laughs> Easy breezy. <laughs> I think one of the best things about being a believer with an unbelieving worldview, I mean the best thing, is that you can discover new things in the Bible that the last 2,000 years of the church have never thought of before. Like you can find new ways to interpret this ancient document that somehow through the millennia no one else has seen no one else has seen it before I just think that's great because ultimately everyone in ancient history wasn't as smart as us they did not invent the iPad or the iPhone right so there's probably things we have a more enlightened culture right there's probably things that they just didn't see Right. Um, and we need to discover them anew, especially if they cater to us. Right. Actually, my, my next benefit has something to do with that. Um, when you're a believer with an unbelieving worldview, you don't have to really know what you believe or why. Um, you can throw away your books. You can burn them. <laughs> Ooh. Um, you don't need them at all. Um, of course, you can study them from your own lens sure. and epistemology, of course, uh, but you don't have to. If you can fit it in between your yoga classes and yeah. your, what else do people do? I don't know. <laughs> but if anyone, basically, I mean, if someone comes up to you and says the word hermeneutic, just slap Run them. Away. Oh, Wow, that's more aggressive. Just slap them because you don't need it. No. Who cares about historical context or anything like that? Boring. Really? That doesn't... I don't feel love when I hear the word hermeneutic. Right. So let's throw it out the window. (laughs) 
run it over. Along with all your books. In your Prius. Run it over in your Prius, right? After yoga class? I don't know. Um, so I thought one of the great benefits of having an unbelieving worldview as a believer is um, the way you can view scripture. Like scripture could be more like theoretical or like maybe you don't like nothing in it really happened. Like the flood and the ark and stuff like these are stories. Oh, that's all a metaphor. They're right? metaphors. They're meant to tell us a larger thing, which was like always group your animals in twos. Right. Or something. Or like rainbows mean love. Right. Um, and, you know, the Catholic Church in particular didn't think that um, the normal believer could understand scripture, like that the average person needed the church to like interpret scripture right. for them. And maybe they were right. Right. Hermeneutics, right? They're yeah. gross. I mean, there's so many cults. I mean, churches, solid churches. <laughs> That also employ that. And I right. think it's okay. If we could understand scripture, why would there be so many denominations? Because there's like 12,000 or right. something. So right. Let's just yeah. not worry about it. Agreed. Well, and so the last thing, and this is very important because reaching people is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are a believer with an unbelieving worldview, the world will embrace the church and the gentle, loving, kind, always Jesus of the Bible. Just because you just won't look, you won't be so mean Mm -hmm. and divisive. So black and white. Because, you know, when you say something that makes someone feel bad, even if it's true, that's still, that doesn't win them over to anything. Right. Right. Who have you convinced? Jesus is like a delicious cake. Let's not make it rotten and Mm-mm. gross not hard it's just we it. want it to be easy to consume right i don't think jesus was ever unloving right, right. well and it's not really up to god's sovereignty who gets saved it's about how you present yourself as a christian right right that's hugely important yeah because your testimony is what saves people results ultimately do determine the value of a methodology. Right. So good results, good method. You know what I recommend? Hmm. I recommend being friends with someone for 65 years and don't ever let them know that you're a Christian, not by your actions or your speech or anything. Mm -mm. And then 65 years in, when you're really good friends and they respect you. Oh, right. And you guys just have this bond. Right. Then just give them the gospel, preferably without words, if you can. Yeah, that would be the best option. Anyway, you guys, that yeah. is the... Oh, wait, li- no, I have another oh, one. Oh, you do? I do. Great. This is actually my favorite The one. benefits are pretty much endless. <laughs> they're, they're this bad. list is short, but the benefits are so exhaustive. You can think of more things, really. Um, I think that the best part of being a believer with an unbelieving worldview is that that really... Um, it was re- that really restrictive list of the fruits of the spirit. Like they can actually be anything you want. Like they don't have to be defined by the context of scripture. Like kindness can really mean like compassion or empathy or doing what you just said. Like 
never making anyone uncomfortable and being their best friend for 65 years first before you ever, hopefully not with your words, talk to them about Jesus. Right. Why would we let such an old text define what is good and loving towards neighbor? What is love anyway? Well, it's obviously just a feeling. Yeah. It's not more than a feeling. That was a Boston pun. Wait, was it Boston that sang that song? I think oh, so. No. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh no. That'll be the one thing. <laughs> the one voice of everything that we just said. <laughs> That'll be the one voice. That'll we be get. the one thing that everyone's like. That was in Boston. <laughs> I think it was Boston, though. I think it was too. In my defense. So we're both. If we're wrong, we're both wrong together. Right. Right. And also, if that's the only thing that we just said that you have a problem <laughs> with, then something's wrong. Yeah. But not wrong in, like, the Bible definition of wrong. Gross. Ew. Um, okay. But to summarize, <laughs> hopefully you guys can understand that ultimately everything that determines whether or not, I, I would make the argument, what determines whether or not you're a believer with an unbelieving worldview is going to start with the authority of scripture. No? Say that one more time. I'm also very tired. <laughs> I know. Oof. So the only way I think you can be a believer who essentially lives out an unbelieving worldview and approaches Christianity with an unbelieving worldview is going to start with a belief or disbelief in the authority of scripture. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. So I think that's really important. Right. And we're actually talking about this for a reason mm-hmm. because we need to think about the authority of scripture and what the, not just like, okay, I believe scripture is authoritative, but how does that actually play out in your life? Like what, what's the practical application right. of the belief that scripture is infallible and authoritative still today? And so that's something we both have been thinking about whether or not we've really put words to it in terms of, well, how do we approach everything that's going on in our world. And if you don't start with God, then I don't think you have a worthwhile worldview, but you also, you can't start with God unless you know scripture. Right. Because that's where he's revealed himself. Well, and of course we're all, for those of you that are starting to get all uppity, Mm -hmm. we understand there's, there's, there's learning room. Oh yeah. There we all, we're going to spend the rest of our lives learning about scripture right no we have not arrived no one's arrived there's plenty of ways in which we fail at making scripture the authority of course you know what i was thinking about the other day and this is a word i think this is a worthwhile thing to mention um so i struggle with when when we're talking about in, in any setting whether you also have a podcast or in a discipleship setting or in a friendship setting or wherever you are, uh, do we all do we all approach what we're talking about with the understood mental assent that when we talk about an issue, when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about any of this stuff, that we all know that none of us have arrived, right? <laughs> like we all yeah. know, like hopefully, like okay, so we've done an episode um, on bitterness, and yeah. that's not to say that. Uh, we did an episode on bitterness because we have vanquished. Right. We've uh, like checked that any, off the list. Yeah. Like, because we've never been bitter. I would say the opposite. I would say uh, you want people in your life who 
who know that they that they do have to battle these things and so if someone's speaking to you about it hopefully they're speaking to you about it because they've wrestled with it right um and so i was thinking about the other day i was like i was wondering if um when we speak to each other do we all just can we all just agree that um none of us have arrived in yeah. any in any of these issues well and especially and of course we've talked about this but you cannot make the assumption that because someone's speaking about something they think they've arrived right that would if be someone ungracious. says to you I've arrived. I don't <laughs> struggle with that anymore. <laughs> then, you know, maybe you have some questions for them, but you don't have to assume that people are excluding themselves from a topic mm-hmm. just because they're talking about it. Right. 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 Absolutely. The only reason I know the benefits <laughs> of being a believer with an unbelieving worldview is because I've been the beneficiary. Right. So. Right. Of being essentially inconsistent. Yeah. And that's why I would argue when we are guilty of living as though we're unbelievers that essentially we're being very inconsistent because if you're not standing on the authority of scripture, you're on sinking sand. Right. And it would just be more honest to say, I am not a Christian. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in the Jesus of the Bible. Mm -hmm. I just like some of the stuff that's in there. Mm -hmm. That's more honest. Right. And I think something we really need to be careful of is is what I mentioned earlier is this kind of there seems to be this topic this almost unspoken uh, trend towards thinking that we really are more enlightened than the last two thousand years of the church and we can discover new ways of thinking about certain texts of the Bible right and. That's a very, like when someone starts off an explanation of their beliefs in that way or wanting to find something new, I get very uneasy. Right. Because I do not believe (laughs) um, that that's going to happen because I believe that scripture is authoritative um, and that what was, it, it was true when it was written and it's still true today. Yeah. Everything in it. All well, of and the there's things. just there's just um, and not to say that uh, authoritative speakers on certain subjects are not human, but there is a level of arrogance that goes into throwing out the scholars of the past. There is there is mm-hmm. um, without debunking them first. Right. If you have a reason to throw a scholar out and say, well, he got this, 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 and this wrong. Sure. Okay. Sure. But to just come up with your own fresh opinion without any sure anything, mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, this is just my musings. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's okay to have musings. It's okay to have your own little philosophical monologue going on. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. does that, like, when it comes out of your mouth or when it goes onto a page, mm-hmm. does it make it authoritative? Right. Right. Well, and that goes back to the whole Jesus calling thing. And I think going outside of scripture and wanting revelation that's new and special to you. And it's all just, and have we done, we did kind of do an episode specifically on Sola Scriptura, but. Right. um, Well, that does also, in the last episode, we talked about 
identity. Mm-hmm. And it's finding, in a weird way, there's this, like, by trying to find something new mm-hmm. in a book that's authoritative and, and finished, mm-hmm. um, there is this weird, like, lust mm-hmm. after, I don't know, the Bending prophets, it? the, like, the people that 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 wrote the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously God wrote the Bible, you know, but you hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Like you don't need to, the, our role today is to not discover new meaning or prophecy right. in that text. Right. So you don't have to lust over that role. Right. <laughs> right. That's not going to, it's not going to make you a, a more sanctified believer. Right. If you found right. something. There's nothing um, shameful about not being the person that transcribed the text. <laughs> no, okay. and I'm glad that I didn't because <laughs> that wasn't an easy time to live in and it was rather dangerous to do what they were doing and <laughs> no thanks. Right. But yeah, and yeah, in terms of identity too, I think that um, essentially when we're talking about how we find our identity, um, scripture plays a huge role in that because scripture tells us who we are. Like, right. And it's, it's it's right it's right there right and yes i at the same time i believe you can spend your whole life learning about scripture and never quote arrive and be done mm-hmm. there's always something to mine out of the text right. um there's always a way to get to know it more and i think that there's a real sense in which because we're we're not really we're not really a reading generation yeah um that we've lost some of that um, that it's not really a discipline that a lot of us, you know, focus Study, on. Study, research. Yeah. Um, reading, writing. All of those things. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of work. And I've heard I've heard people say recently things like, um, <clears throat> you know, I've tried to read the Bible, but it's just really hard. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that is, it, like, broke my heart to hear that because that, to me, feels like a failure of, the church it could be a failure of that person to try to right. be engaged in the church absolutely but we should be equipping people to be able to open up the bible and read it and understand right. it yeah and there are so many resources out there available to us yeah that you know open up scripture in a way that's literally never been available to any other generation in the yeah. history of the world and we need to be we need to be taking advantage of it yeah um there's you don't need to look for new things in there no we are in a prime time to study the things that are Are in there there. and what does (laughs) it say about your your perceived identity when you are attempting to add to the scriptures when god is the one who writes scripture and when god was the one that closed it right i mean it says a lot right a lot so yeah if you if you are one of those people who you feel like you've opened up the Bible and it just wasn't coming together. You weren't getting it. It wasn't, maybe you're not a natural reader. That's fine. All of us have different skills and gifts. And there are, there's, there's natural ability and there's obviously some of us enjoy certain things more than others, but reading and study, it is a discipline. It's a discipline. And you, you, it's not one of those things that you can just say like, 
oh, I'm not good at it. I'm never doing it. <laughs> right. Like if you if you do that, yeah. then you are forsaking that yeah. discipline. Yeah. Um, and I would say like don't despair because right. there are resources available to you. Like there are, I mean, I'll, I'll post them with the episode. Well, even like, your, even your authoritative speakers, like people that are really solid that have spent their lives in that discipline. Yeah. They started from somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Your dad wasn't born. No. Talking to Muslims. No. Like that's not how yeah. it happened. And and I would encourage you to get involved in your church and um, get to know people there. Those those are the people put in your life, your life um, to sharpen you and right. and to help you along the way. And so I would say get involved in whatever you can, whatever your church is offering that is going to help you understand the scripture and then avail yourself of the myriad yeah. of, of just all the things we have. A great way to grow that discipline and like work that muscle of study is not to ask someone to do the course, work for you. Like, of course we all can receive instruction. We all can receive teaching, but a really good way to work that muscle and a really good way to learn new things is to simply ask for a place to do the learning and then do the learning right. yourself. Right. Um, Just do it. Nike. And it's not like <laughs> Nike. <laughs> it's not easy by any means. And, yeah. a, and there's going to be certain topics that you like, don't make that your idol. Don't make learning everything about every little topic, your idol. <laughs> no one has course. time for that. <laughs> like don't make study and scholarship your idol either. Sure. Um, there'll be things that you're called to. And uh, that's just my, yeah, that's just my advice is yeah. that you seek out information for yourself as well as receiving Absolutely. instruction. Absolutely. I think that's, that's good advice. That's what people need to be doing. Um, Hey, what was I just going to tell you? I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. I was just like, oh, I should tell Joy this thing. I don't remember. What's the feminist of the week? <laughs> the feminist of the week this week is... Oh. I don't know if I'm... <laughs> right. Adults. Bleep button. Okay. Can I spell it so that they actually know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Spell it. Ugh. Or I could just say adult... I don't know. Maybe people think that word is bad too. It's S H I T. Adult. Okay. Uh -huh. Bleep okay. button. Who is um, that? <laughs> okay, so that is a brand new podcast. Oh. Um, Kelsey and Katie. Okay. Are the hosts. Wait, the title of their podcast is Adult. Yeah. Bleep button. Mm -hmm. Guess who it's produced by? Vox. Buzzfeed. No. Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Um. <laughs> Okay, so they just released their second episode. Okay. Everyone's doing podcasts these days. <laughs> Anyone can um, do it. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> um, they just... I have never heard a podcast, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, mm -hmm. and a lot of liberal feminist podcasts, yeah. too. Um, I have never heard a podcast so full of liberal feminist intersectional Ooh. propaganda what do they talk about okay well number one it's a buzzfeed so they talk that about makes sense. sexual orientation oh, they talk is that about a thing? <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah their second episode is all about how they're both bisexual and how they can change that label and how they can um not have a label and how they can be 
bisexual without ever having had any contact with a female by just experiencing attraction. They talked about this on a podcast. Yeah, and then they had another they it's I mean, it's a graphic. No. <laughs> they talked about a lot of stuff on there that I was like, oh wow. Okay. Uh very cursy. Oh. Um does sexually Buzz- explicit, I would say. Does BuzzFeed do a lot of podcasts? I don't think so. Oh. This is like the only one I've heard of. Wow. But um but yeah, and that usually they like you know, drink they just basically drink wine and talk about the current SJW thing of the day. It doesn't sound like they're topics are actually very adult it sounds like their topics are actually very infantile and they're very shallow. they're very the other one uh-huh. <laughs> sounds like it. um yeah and especially the way that they talk about especially like this topic even the topic um mm-hmm. it's all very like they place a label on themselves and then they go oh well but if i want to change it but then i'm also not really that but i'm also this but i'm also and or I don't choose to lay my, label myself in that way because... Why do you think these two women in particular were chosen for this? I mean, I'm Bu- sure they BuzzFeed were just... is a huge outlet. If oh, they're, they are. They're, so if they're venturing into... You guys may not realize. They're huge. BuzzFeed is huge. And the way that they do this is they have... If you want to work for BuzzFeed, mm-hmm. you do a six-month unpaid internship. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, here, do this, and your internship will be complete. Mm -hmm. You have to create original content. You have to see how many followers you can get. You're running all of your own social medias. The idea is that during that internship, you provide a serious contribution Mm -hmm. to BuzzFeed. Mm -hmm. And then they will or will not hire you. you. And then your job is still to create your own content. Create content. um, And obviously certain content that's gonna... not even an attractive idea because if you can create your own valuable following on social media and your own content won't you just work for yourself right they just want that buzzfeed label label got it but i'm sure they make a lot of money right based off of that um so basically people use buzzfeed to get their name out there but then buzzfeed kind of owns them um but so well and also the other problem with that is that how many times a day do you think so if buzzfeed in 10 years when buzzfeed is is running hundreds of podcasts how many of those podcasts do you think will say something that negates what another podcast said because everyone's producing their all their own. own stuff and buzzfeed's motto is essentially you whatever your truth is <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what does that even look like how do you how do you go to someone that... Why do you think they chose these two to be their first? Are they funny? They're Are they... cute. Okay. I don't find them particularly funny. Okay. Um, well, you're funny. So your bar is different <laughs> than, than the rest of us, Joy. They're cute girls and they... I guess maybe they seem relatable. Like they're friends. So I'm sure they have a good chemistry, even just from like a production side standpoint. Okay. They have like a nice chemistry. Um they seem relaxed with one another okay. and they just talk about which I like podcasts where people just talk about things. I also like podcasts that are scripted and really, really well done. Sure. Um, so really, I mean, that's it. Adult. So you, would, yeah, is our feminist of the week. You would say it's a good flavor of like 
what is modern feminism. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and that's why I listen to this kind of stuff. That's why I go on BuzzFeed. Right. Um, <laughs> to get a feel for what the nutcases are saying. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. don't. It's just like when someone it's is going to do outreach to the Mormons. You got to read the Mormon texts. Yeah. Um, and so it seems maybe it seems lazy to be like, oh, that's really hard. You have to go on the Internet and <laughs> watch videos and listen to podcasts and stuff. <laughs> But there's a lot to learn. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I do think it's a little bit ridiculous. The yeah. the, the group of people that we both tend to be geared yep. towards outreach to. Yeah. Um, but I also realize sometimes that we have learned stuff that you don't learn if you don't do that. Yeah. That research. If you don't watch the cringy <laughs> bisexuality podcast. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's it's true. Sometimes I'll read things and I'm just like, someone's like, why are you reading that? And I'm like, so you don't have to. So I can tell you about it. And this yeah. is. This I, <laughs> I read like 15 times the other day. I read uh, Betsy DeVos's that that it wasn't even hers, but she they decided to like rework this bill that exists on campuses to determine like sexual harassment that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um, and I read the bill like 15 times I had to read it 15 times because I didn't yeah it's like all full of political jargon legal jargon it's just like filibustering all the way to the end and they're like and then this um, but yeah so not all of it is fun it's <laughs> videos not. or anything no like some of it is it's, it's really and a lot of it's very cringy right and you would hope that Especially because they're people that are our age. And I'm like, I would just hope that, um, you know, people could think mm -hmm. a little bit more. Mm -hmm. You become a little bit like of a self-hating millennial. <laughs> yeah. Because you just see, like, if you... If you just get on social media and you don't actually know any millennials in real life, like, I can completely understand why you would have a very jaded right. view. Because this... The vocal minority, uh, they really, they affect a lot of change and they really affect right. social media. Well, and that's the point. Right. It's not by accident. No, no, it's it's designed and it's purposeful. Right. Absolutely. Um, and they, yeah, they do a really good, the, the vocal minority does a really good job. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I want people, I want Christians, and I want to talk about this in another episode to really, um understand social media and use it right because we are also a minority and i want us to be vocal right so it's like when we're like hey share this episode it's not because i'm gonna feel great if there's a certain amount of shares right it's because i want like the unbelieving world knows how to use social media and they know how to use podcasts and they know how to yeah. employ all of these things and the share button is very important and that's how people get hired at BuzzFeed right. is they create a following. And, well, and then this they is have how people communicate in 2017. They communicate <laughs> through podcasts. Right. Like we can, if you're thinking like, oh, podcast, not a legitimate form of outreach. <laughs> that is <laughs> not that true. Is the medium of this culture. Yep. Social media, podcasts. Yep. yep. Facebook That's, live. If you want to, if you want to talk to people our age, you're going to need a podcast. Right. And it, it lends legitimacy to organizations and to people it'll be like i i've i've gone on websites before and been like i wanted to get a feel for how big this group was how much impact they were having yeah. and they didn't have a podcast so i was like well 
I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like how, what, what are you really doing? Um, a podcast are a huge arm of social media outreach. Right. And so, um, yeah, that is an episode I'm really excited about. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you who we're trying to get for that episode, but I think you guys will be excited. I think. You and I think too. it's going to happen. So anyway. Okay. You guys, we got to go. This has been an interesting what a podcast weird episode. and I really liked it though. Okay, good. Good. I mean, I always have a good time. I don't know how people are going to feel, but I had a great time. I don't know what to tell our designer, like what kind of image to make for this podcast. Anyway, that's a problem I worry about every week. Um, <laughs> hey, you guys, if you want to leave us some of your thinky thoughts, you can call us and leave a voicemail. And the phone number is 470-465-0475. And we will listen to them. No, it, it doesn't spell anything unique or anything like no. that, but... We picked a place that we both love and the Chattahoochee. <laughs> I just, what a great lake. River? I don't know. Alan river? Jackson sang about it. It's a river. <laughs> Boston? Where, where's DC again? <laughs> what state am I in? Is that the White House? <laughs> okay, you guys. We'll see you next week. Yeah. <laughs>